From Hedges Pictures and Sedgley Films comes a six-episode web series featuring tales of horror surrounding Louisiana's haunted past. Some people don't want to share their stories, Doctor. Requiems. See it online at HedgesPictures.com every Friday starting October 17th. You're listening to the awesome Podcast Network. Of the dark. But if they ever ask about me, tell them I was more than just a great set of. It's the greatest double feature of all time. And that is not disputable, in my humble opinion. Welcome, everybody, to the conclusion. I know it's sad, and I'm sorry. Halloween's only, you know, one month a year. That's a sad Unfortunately. Music. Oh, we have a Transformer. <laughs> Thought it was on silent. But anyway, uh, sorry, Halloween's one month a year, so. But we're going out with a double bang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of references, a lot of bad references this entire episode about such things. Uh, going out with a bang with Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, our 99th episode of 80s Revisited. Now, although it's technically the only, nine, only the 98th episode with actual new content, <laughs> but numerically it is number nine, 99, number nine times nine. 11, yeah. 99. Uh, this masterpiece of cinema was released on September 30th, 1988. Me, a lad of eight. Once I watched this movie, I knew there was no way in hell that I would ever be gay because <laughs> of Miss Elvira in this movie. Uh, budget. I get with the dude, he better had tits. <laughs> <laughs> At least. <laughs> At least. Uh, IMDb gives it a 6.3, which is actually a pretty good rating on IMDb. Uh, Average, uh, in my opinion. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 47% critics, 66% audience. So audiences really dug this for the most part. Those are decent numbers on both sites. The budget was $7.5 million estimated, open for $1.6. Domestically grossed $5.5. Could not find Ouch. any other figures uh, on anything about it. It only lasted two weeks in theaters. They didn't even give it a chance. Bummer. Uh, I would be willing to say that I at least made its money back through Worldwide and... Reynolds, I would imagine, simply because a lot of people have seen this movie. They've had, even when I was a kid, we talked about it on the playground. So it had to get some semblance of Reynolds. Uh, so I would imagine it barely might have broke even. But mm. I can't find any data. If you happen to know this, Elvira, if you're listening, remember me from Comic-Con, I had the Breaking Bad shirt. You told your sister to take a picture of it. You're very nice. I love you. gmail.com, secret illicit rendezvous. Just kidding. Wink. Uh, but, uh, I would imagine it, you know, it actually was a sequel to this, by the way, which mm. I have downloaded, but haven't watched yet. Cause I didn't know there was a sequel until actually last year. I just never got around to watching. But anyway, it's called Elvira's Haunted Hills and it stars actually has Richard O'Brien from the Rocky Horror Picture Show in it. So <coughs> I will give a report on that once I actually wow. watch it. It's got a great cover, although <laughs> very, huh. very odd placement in the background, but as though they're being cut off. But go Wikipedia the post, you'll see it. Sure. Uh, and that was actually, when did it come out? 
2001. premiered in 2001. So yeah, unfortunately, not an 80s movie. But nevertheless, it is a sequel to one of the greatest horror comedies of all time. So go check it out. And that's, that's, a, that's a pretty big thing for me to say that, to be honest with you, because this is the decade of Ghostbusters. Right. The best horror comedy. So I would put this, you know, on the same list of top <laughs> ten horror comedies of the eighties. List of movies from the eighties. Uh, but we'll get into that in just a minute. Directed by James Signorelli, uh, pretty much he did a shit ton of Saturday Night Live uh, segments. This is big claim to fame. It was written by Sam Egan, John Paragon, and Elvira herself, Cassandra Peterson. Starring as Elvira in the film as well. Mm, uh, also, uh, of course, lots of TV as Elvira, pretty much. That's, that is her career, is Elvira. She made a brand out of this character. Uh, you know, Joe Bob Briggs tried to do that, but he didn't get that far. But he's very enjoyable. I love Joe Bob Briggs. I wouldn't want to do the things I'd want to do with him as I want to do with Elvira. But that's not to say he's not pretty funny. I used to love Monster, Vi- Monster Vision on TNT. Uh, also, uh, but also... The most notable appearance of Cassandra Peterson outside of makeup, aside from that lovely moment when I walked into New Orleans Comic Con last this year and saw her in the flesh, and she touched me, and it was, it was your beautiful. life was changed forever. I still haven't washed this hand. <laughs> Cut to the shot of the disgusting hand <laughs> yeah. with like dirt and warts and bugs on it. Uh, if this was an '80s comedy, that would have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but most notably, out of makeup. In Pee Wee's Big Adventure, uh, she was the biker chick that, uh, I forget what she says, but it's right before Pee Wee mutters, yeah. I say we let him go. <laughs> but that's Elvira without makeup. And if you really look for it, and you can you can definitely tell it's her without her traditional Elvira getup on. Also starring 80s veteran of almost every 80s comedy, Edie McClurg, as Chastity Pariah. Uh, but most recently, she was one of the voices in Frozen. Uh, she was the secretary in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. to get pulling the pencils out of her hair. Uh, also Natural Born Killers. But she's been in a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's one of those instantly, rec- like, ah, I've seen her before. You, you, you see a movie with her, like, what is she from? I've seen her before. Like Steven She's Tobolowsky. one of those people. Yeah, character actor. Uh, and also, another one of those people, Kurt Fuller as Mr. Glotter. Of course, Wayne's World. He's the uh, He was Rob Lowe's assistant to... Uh, you know, went started swinging the other way by the end of the first movie. But most notably, he was the evil corporate boss in the Hulk Hogan classic, No Holds Barred. Oh, of course. But he's a, he's another one of those. He's been in a ton of stuff. Uh, always a lackey or, you know, never a main character, uh, so to speak. Always, you know, just... He was in Ghostbusters 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've, re- you've seen him. He's just like of Eddie course, McClure. Yeah. You, you, you would recognize him in a, in a heartbeat. Uh, also, Jeff Conway, Kenicki from Greece, uh, was mm. in Travis. Uh, well, he was uh, the character of Travis, and he passed away a few years ago, or what, uh, three years ago, yeah. So, this is the only movie I know him from other than Greece. So, good job. Complications to pneumonia. Hmm. What sixty? I guess that's in that age group. We're like, you better get your and a degenerative brain condition. Lovely. Oh, that's a terrible double whammy. <laughs> you know, Elvira gets a good double of something, and right. poor Jeff Conway gets you know the other the end of that stick. Double, yeah. Over a good double, <laughs> a bad double. Equal and opposite, <laughs> bad double. <laughs> Ira Hayden was Bo. Uh, the only reason I mentioned him was because he was in our first film of the Halloween horror Hoot Nanny in Nightmare on Elm Street Three: The Dream Master, uh, Dream Warriors. Uh, he was the dunge- uh, dungeon master. He was the wheelchair bound. And I use this term out of respect. He was the dork. Are we all not dorks? 
Uh, but that was that's the main reason I bring him up on here. I mean, hey, you get to play in the best Nightmare on Elm Street aside from the first one, and you get to play in, you know, one of the greatest horror comedies of the 80s. Yeah, you know, again, same list as Ghostbusters. That's mm-hmm. that's something. But uh, And finally, William Morgan Shepard was Vincent Talbot, the villain of the cinematic tour de force. He was also in uh, David Lynch's Elephant Man. Uh, recently, he was in The Prestige, and he was in Transformers. I'm not sure who he was in Transformers, because I didn't want to go back and find that out, because after watching the last one with Marky Mark... Uh, Find a transformer. Not, not that I thought it would be good. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not thinking that. But just like God, they got to stop. Yeah. They have got to stop. Anyway, we're here to talk about not about giant metal robots. We're here to talk about giant silicon set pieces and monsters that are in this horror comedy called Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, again, like I, men- I jokingly mentioned, but it was the truth. I saw this movie on VHS as an eight year old, and watching it as an adult. I don't know what the hell my parents were thinking because <laughs> this movie, uh, go back, was it was rated PG-13 back then or PG? Well, let's Just to double check. I think it was PG-13. I wouldn't be surprised if it was yeah, PG. Yeah, PG-13. Yeah. Uh, I was eight, but again, like a PG-13 Not back 13. then was like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade was PG-13. Right. You know, oh, he saw the previous Raiders of the Lost Ark and the Temple of Doom where they're eating snakes and ripping people's hearts out. Which that one was PG. Which, if you know your history of the podcast, that's the reason. One of the reasons we have a PG thirteen is because of the Temple of Doom. Yep. But uh, you know, so I always, you know, you know, every now and then I'd sneak in an R rated one. But as growing up in in the eighties until you know got a little older, it was well, what's it rated? It's PG thirteen. Okay. <laughs> and I think I told the story on the podcast before how I snuck Toxic, Toxic Avenger in. It's not rated. That means it's you know, uh, it's it's not bad. It's and then in R. the first five minutes of that movie, even I, as a young child, was like, this is fucked up. This is, what is this? Uh, but anyway, a trauma movie. That's exactly, yeah. Everybody remembers their first time <laughs> with trauma. First and time. Elvira, because I remember renting this movie several times and watching it for various reasons as a young eight-year-old. <laughs> but take uh, this in my room and watch it. <laughs> it was a great day when I got a VCR <laughs> for Christmas. Uh, but nonetheless, and... Uh, revisiting this movie as the purpose of this podcast is it's as an adult it's even funnier as a kid I'm watching because whoo there's like a stripper scene yeah. and it's Elvira oh she's so hot and it's it's comic it's it's very I use the term very respect respectfully it's dumb humor mm-hmm. but Ghostbusters in a sense is dumb humor and some not not I take that back no that's ter- terrible comparison terrible comparison forget uh, I said it I think it. that's smart humor yeah that's what I was like uh, <laughs> that, that comparison doesn't work this is like innuendo consistent innuendo but in its defense there's a as you heard in the trailer there's some obvious innuendo but then there's some like as a kid I can't uh, unfortunately I didn't write any down to repeat it right now to give support to my comments but watch the movie go to 80s revisited I mean uh uh, awesomepods.com click on the Amazon link go to Amazon buy this movie it's worth owning you will watch it again in slow motion get the high definition Blu-ray if it's out I'm not sure if it is on Blu-ray yeah. yet but uh, watch it repeatedly get your enjoyment from this film but uh, watching it as an adult it's first. my first thought was I cannot believe that my parents in the 80s had, didn't have a problem with their son watching this movie I guess they're like well we know he's not gay so I don't care what they're doing <laughs> You know, I mean, you're you're this far from nudity the entire time. And Maybe that's how they test. You can't it. see it, but you know, my fingers are holding up the universal sign for an inch. Right. Uh, and I mean, it's nothing but blowjob in your windows, titty in your windows, you know, sexual in your every kind of sexual in your window is in this movie. This movie, this one movie, has more sexual in your windows than the entire Police Academy series. 
Wow. I would be willing to bet if you did a total, they, it, this would have more or be damn close. Uh, somebody out there who has time on their hands, go do that because I'm not watching all the police academies again. <laughs> uh, I'll watch the first two. Uh, but anyway, as an adult, this was even my wife, who we've, my lovely wife, who's been on this podcast many, uh, several times, she actually enjoyed this movie and she hates almost everything that's not Doctor Who or Walt Disney. <laughs> or Harry Potter. Or Harry you know, Potter. she has very specific tastes that she truly loves, and then everything else, like, eh. But we actually had a conversation after the movie. She's like, she's like, that was actually really funny. Hmm. And I immediately went to the bathroom and came back and we discussed the movie some more. <laughs> uh, that's not true. Actually, it is. <laughs> no, it's not. Maybe. Uh, but anyway, uh, it's a, as an adult, this is one of those true mo- this is a true movie, a nostalgic movie that you remember one way as a child. But then when you watch it as an adult, you're just like, whoa. There's a lot of stuff that went over my head in this movie. And may, may, well, you know what? Maybe it was just me. I don't know. I'm eight, year old, I'm eight years old, and there were some things that I didn't understand until I watched it recently. Right. Ah, that's what that means. <laughs> I get that now. It's that all about sex. It's all about sex. Right. And all about Elvira, because that's the name of the movie. You go to this movie to see Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Yeah. And they just throw some sort of hootenanny plot together. It's like the just del- to have her. Like the Delaware joke. Yeah. It's just adult, adult humor. <laughs> exactly. Although you got that one. I was like years in, in confusion yeah. until, ah, uh, there's nothing, there's nothing to do in Delaware. <laughs> I'm not a geography major. And my wife poured out the rest of that Delaware punch. <laughs> Did it like kill the grass? <laughs> Your dog we drank had, from it and now he's like to change mutating. <laughs> It's like the scene in Alien where the cut the face hugger is yeah. dripping through the jet. Just melted. Don't touch the Delaware punch. Melted through all the pipes. But anyway, this movie was, it was truly fun to watch it. I had, I had a good time watching it again mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons. But mainly because, in all seriousness, it was actually entertaining. It was actually funny. Hmm. Uh, she, and again, to her credit, Cassandra Peterson, much like Pee Wee Herman, and they were both in the Groundlings troupe, which I think is based out of Chicago, you know, the comedy troupe. Uh, but they were that's, they're really good friends, you know, and I would assume part of that troupe was kind of like, you know, sort of like an SNL type thing in a sense where like, you know, you make a character. Paul Rubens did Pee Wee Herman as a stand-up character, and then, you know, now it's 80s culture and modern culture. Same thing with Elvira. Uh, she turned up on Face Off, I think, this season or last season. I mean, she's still, she does uh, that, uh, what's that, uh, less, uh, not lesser known, but other park in Cal- uh, Knott's Berry Farm. Right. Uh, she does the Halloween thing there. You know, Universal has its Halloween Horror Nights. She does. She's done it there for years before they even started doing that. Hmm. Uh, as Elvira's scary berry farmers, whatever it is, I don't know. But uh, she's been doing that for a long time. You know, she is the queen of Halloween, undisputedly. Yeah. Uh, and many pleasant nightmares <laughs> did she give me as a child. And she's an exceptionally nice person. Because I uh, can actually say that uh, if you have if you're new to the podcast, uh, she was at New Orleans Comic Con this past year, where we went, and I went specifically to meet her and Robert Englund. And uh, she, she ages well, yeah, very <laughs> very well. Uh, but she was the only celebrity. I'm not I'm I'm not a person that's met a lot of celebrities. Right. You know, I mean, I'm I'm not like oh look here's me with Jack Black and Whole Foods or you know I, I, I look at the stoplight next to me. I got a quick shot before it got blurry of you know. Whoever. I wouldn't say that's meeting. <laughs> you know, well, it's a big yeah. deal to some people. Spotting them, I'm yeah. in the same picture with this person. Uh, but anyway, uh, but I mean, my wife took a picture of us, you know, 
was I made her bring her good camera so I got a high resolution mm. image, all that kind of stuff. But anyway, she she's only sorry. I remember she she actually wanted to make before we left made sure that the picture came out good. Yeah, and take another one just in case. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, she she didn't have a huge line. But I mean, there were like 10, 20 people behind us. Right now, you, well, that's a lot of people. Well, on the next aisle is the whole Walking Dead cast, mm-hmm. and there's crowd control for Norman Reedus and all that, which. I'm not complaining. Norm Reese was a nice guy, but you get five seconds with him because yeah. they're pushing you through. Uh, but I mean, and every and even leading up to it, we waited in, in line to meet her like maybe 10, 15 minutes because she was, and we weren't, we were maybe fifth in line, but she took the time to talk to her fans and actually interact with everybody, which Robert Unglin did that to us too. I don't know if I mentioned on that, I don't mention on the yeah. Comic Con episode, but on the Nightmare on Elm Street one, he told us a whole story about how he got cast, almost how he recommended Mark Hamill go to get casted for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And all because he saw my wife wearing a Carrie, uh, Star Wars T-shirt, and she wow. had it zipped up with just her eyes showing. She's like, <laughs> he's like, is, I'm talking to him like about yeah. you know his work, and he's like, hey, is that Carrie? And she unzips her shirt. It's Carrie Fisher, and here's the, here comes the story. Mm-hmm. You know, but it was to me that's something I'll always remember. As opposed to I bumped into uh, Jamie Lannister in Whole Foods. Yeah, and I use Whole Foods because I always hear celebrity shop at Whole Foods. <laughs> yeah. I'm not picking on Whole Foods. Sure. I just always hear. That or that, Fresh Market. Yeah, yeah, you know, those, not hippie places, but those California kind of, you know, f- you know whole organic food type things. Yeah. Because all, all movie stars eat that, obviously. But, uh, so I'm not picking on Whole Foods. That's just, tends to be the story. Yeah. Especially here in Baton Rouge, Hollywood South, everybody sees star celebrities in Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. I know. Because <laughs> yeah, we have we, a friend that works know. there and she's seen a lot of them, so I'm getting first-hand information on this. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. But uh, revisit this classic. It's worth your time, and it's enjoyable. Just, you know, I wouldn't recommend it for a child as young as eight. <laughs> I mean, I'd have turned out just fine. Right. But, I mean, it's, it's really... But it could is have been a, somebody if I never saw PG this movie. It's a PG-13. But it's an 80s it. PG-13. Today, honestly, today it probably would be like a PG, maybe. Because based on just how ratings tend to have changed. Speaking of that, I'm going to go on a quick rant because it's Halloween and this needs to be said. Three days. Uh, two days. Uh, on AMC, today and yesterday was the Friday the 13th marathon. Now, again, this is on AMC. Mm-hmm. I've watched horror movies in AMC and USA my whole life. AMC used to play the classic universal horror movies, black and white. Uh, and now they play like, you know, Friday the 13th. Uh, they played Chucky, all the different Chuckies over the weekend. Uh, and then next week is... The Halloweens, so they might show part three if you haven't seen it. You can, you know, uh, last week's movie and catch it on there. Mm-hmm. But anyway, again, this is the network that has that shows The Walking Dead. Right. You watch The Walking Dead, correct? Yes. Are you up to date? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, there was a you know last week's episode, every, both the two episodes so far this season. La- the first episode of the season was probably one of the most graphic episodes ever of you know it turns of blood and gore. Right. Last night I was watching Friday the Thirteenth Part Three our second movie on the Halloween horror countdown. Uh, and every single scene of violence is practically cut out of the movie. Wow. And I'm, I'm, we're talking seconds here. Uh, when the harpoon hits a chick in the eye, like you just see her laying in the water. Mm. It's all inferred violence. Right. A, and again, this is the channel that gives us the walking dead. Okay, and I hear you out there. I hear that one person saying, What's they're killing walkers? No, they kill people in the walking dead just as graphically. Herschel got yeah. his head cut off. Yeah. That's pretty, that's Jason's doing that too. They're not showing it. Now, here's the problem Walking Dead was edited less than a year ago, 
that's what I was these getting at. were edited years and years. And that's years ago. that's my rant. I'm calling upon these channels to re-edit these movies yeah. by today's standards. Yeah, I don't mind uh, watching a horror movie on TV. I don't mm-hmm. mind, but you know, as I'm watching, like I could go, you know, I could, I really, I'm. I could turn this off. Yeah, and put but, it in the DVD. Exactly, and a lot of you know, a lot of times you're, you know, it's not, it, it, that's not a big deal. Right. But when I watch a horror movie at AMC and I own the DVD, it's like I really need to stop watching this and go put the DVD because. All the great moments, and again, we're talking about an 80s horror movie here. It's okay to call it great because you don't go to a Friday the 13th to hope the heroine kills Jason. <laughs> you go to watch Jason kill these annoying teenagers right? in a simulated environment. Uh, like in part three where he splits the dude in half. If you watch it, my mom watched this for the first time. She's never seen any Friday the 13th. She watched part three last night for the first time. And now granted, it still had its effect. She's like, oh my God. Like, I mean, you can understand what's happening. Right. You can infer. But we're talking... Show the knife, just hit it like they show in the real one. And they, it's, we're talking a one-second cut that they went and took out for TV. Mm-hmm. It's time to re-edit these movies for modern audiences. Cause, and, mom, and my mom's like, oh, this is violent. I'm like, no. I mean, Walking just, Dead is more violent than this. And like, you're not even seeing like the one second they're not showing. They're cutting one second before it like hits. Right. Which is fine for the first Halloween because they're on a low budget. But Tom Savini's doing, you know, you're disrespecting Tom Savini when you edit these movies now. Yep. You know, on uh, you know, Sharknado is more violent than Absolutely. any of these movies. And it's like, uh, you know. <laughs> so it is time to re-edit these classic 80s horror movies for network television. In my opinion. In Put out f- the call. Flash the re-edit signal. <laughs> oh, oh, I should have got it. The, uh, our friend that's listening, I forgot your name, but you're the one that does all the editing uh, for yeah, deep, uh, yeah. movies. And, uh, oh, Did Robocop, will, right? Yeah, Robocop. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm, I apologize for forgetting your name. I will give you a shout out next episode to make good on it. I promise. <laughs> but uh, you're you know people. <laughs> you took pictures of Jamie Gertz's kids at her their birthday party. You I know you have a part in this. You can you can change the world. Get AMC to re-edit these movies for next year's Fear Fest because it's it's absolutely ridiculous how it's these movies are now G. Yeah, I mean it, practically a few drops of blood is all you see. Like if it's They're necessary. PG. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like Elvira said on the in the trailer, like, yeah, a G movie's great. It's always has gratuitous sex and violence, right? <laughs> you know, so send the call. I'm sending the call out. Hashtag age visited reedit AMC. Sorry, revolution. <laughs> one. Viva la resistance. But Why anyway, stop at AMC. <laughs> yeah, you know? keep keep it going. Full network. Sci-fi USA. You're playing a horror movie. It better be re-edited. <laughs> But I mean, you're exactly right, and yeah. I understand that they're they're they don't want to spend the money to go back and yeah, but I, I'll pick be it perfect. off the shelf, put it on. But the thing is, I was watching uh, one of the Chucky movies, which I've never seen any of the sequels past three until this weekend. Mm. Never saw Bride of Chucky. Actually, I enjoyed the hell out of it. It was yeah, I saw that in theaters. I it was at, like I enjoyed it. I never liked Chucky, but it's a horror comedy. Yeah, they they, they embraced way. it, <laughs> and, you know, because part three was on before. I'm like, oh, I remember this movie. It's so stupid. And like, you know, it's a horror, like they're tr- part one, two, and three. They're trying to make it a ho- scary. Right. Which my coworker is hurt. We were talking about scary movies and Child's Play is her scary, is the scariest movie she's ever seen. Wow. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to say you're full of shit, but <laughs> if a doll's running at me with a knife, I'm sorry. Boom. Yeah. I would take out a, I could kill a doll. Now, granted, you know, I know Chucky does some stealth kills. I'm not talking about that, but I mean, you know, people... The, the, the horror movie tropes of tripping and dropping your weapon are so rampant in the Child's Play series. They, I mean, and they have to do it to give Chucky any kind of chance. 
Jeez, I didn't even know he had a movie last year. Oh, really? Curse? 2013, Curse of Chucky. Unrated. Oh. Bunch of nobodies. I might have to check it out after seeing uh, Bride and Seed. You know, Bride, Bride of Chucky, or uh, Seed of Chucky is like, look who's talking for horror fans. <laughs> it is. It's pretty bad. And it, it's bad, but it's so, it, it's, it's so enjoyable, and it's, it's funny. It's, it's genuinely funny. Both that and Bride. I was totally blown away that I actually, and I watch them on TV. Like, I didn't, you know, I should have gotten up and gone and downloaded the real ones. Right. But what I was getting at, mentioning that, uh, you could pretty much play the Friday the 13th movies without editing them by today's standards, in my opinion. You just got to blur out the boobs. And that's what they did in the Chucky movies. They, right. You know, you could tell when they're saying fuck because it's like flip, quit silence or they'll, you know, they'll do have some edited phrases for it. But whenever there was boobs, you would tell it was a zoomed in shot. I went low res for a second and zoomed in, cutting it off. Somewhere else. Or they just blurred it out. Yeah. You know, that, hey, if, if you want to pay me the bare minimum, or Jesse, he can re edit these for AMC <laughs> and just, you know, throw us a hashtag, let us do some commentary, let, give us a show. I mean, Kevin Smith has a show about his podcast. <laughs> you know, give us a, shan- a chance. We can do it, coach. Come on. Come on. Anyway, coach. back to the two reasons we're talking uh, this week. Regarding Elvira, uh, quick trivia, wrap it up this episode. Uh, her car is actually called the Macabre Mobile. Mm. She still has that car, and she uses it for personal appearances because she does a lot of... Uh, wow. She's a big, like Gaga, she's like a big gay rights activist because mm-hmm. uh, she's like a gay icon for some reason. That's uh, weird. I don't know how that happens, you know, when you're talking about, you know, you, you know, it's like Marilyn Monroe, like, oh, she's a gay icon, but she's like one of the sexiest women, whatever. I just, I just don't see why, you know. Anyway, yeah, that's, that's a discussion for a different podcast. Sure. Or a different movie. Mm-hmm. You know, Tootsie. We'll do Tootsie one time. We can <laughs> delve into the psychology of that. If you know, let us know. I'm just kind of confused why, you know, a, a, a heterosexual sex symbol becomes a gay icon. I don't know. True. Just, just wondering. Know. But anyway, uh, she actually, it was, her, the car is actually a 1958 mm. T-Bird hardtop, and it, she bought it for $2,500, but they put $7,000 of work into it, you know, Painting it, adding all the skulls and all that kind of stuff to Elvira theme it. But like I mentioned, she still has the car to this day from this film. Uh, if you remember the film, she gets left in the will of the house from her great aunt Morgana. Mm. And the painting of Morgana and Morgana in the flashback is actually Cassandra Peterson herself, sans Elvira makeup. Uh-huh. Don't, be, don't be alarmed. Mm. She is a ginger. She's a very beautiful ginger. <laughs> she's, she's one of the good gingers. One of the good ones. You know. Cartman would want want her right. to die, but we don't subscribe to that philosophy. Gingers sure. are people too. There's just either really pretty ones or really ugly ones, and most of you are really pretty ones. And most even of the ones have I haven't souls. seen. If you listen to this, if you listen to Age Visited, you're a pretty ginger because only attractive people listen to this podcast. That's true. So there's your self-esteem shot of the day. Hashtag Age Visited. Like it doesn't even show up for ugly people. Yeah, exactly. If you're seeing it, it means you're attractive to somebody. Yeah. I don't know. We don't know who it is. It's it's just our war, our Dick Warlock magic. <laughs> Dick Warlock magic. Listen, last episode for that uh, in joke, uh, and uh, I mentioned earlier that uh, she was really good friends with Paul Rubens, aka Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. And after she did her cameo in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, uh, Paul Rubens said he would do a cameo in her movie too, like as a you know just as a free little favor, like show up on set because everybody knows each other, all that kind of stuff. However, he was filming Big Top Pee Wee simultaneously, thus there is no. Paul Rubens cameo in this film. Mm. Unfortunately, we got Big Top Pee Wee. But it's not a total loss because that movie is not, it's no big adventure, but it's not too bad. Mm. Uh, and 
if you as you're watching this movie and you see the house that she gets left by her Aunt Morgana, aka herself, out of makeup, you might that house looks familiar. I've seen that house before. That's because it is the Munsters' house, oh. which recently went up for sale, I believe, for like two million something like that. Wow. Oh, never mind. It was the Adams family. Excuse me. <laughs> I get those creepy and kooky families mixed up. Still too much money. Yeah. <laughs> but, Just uh, to tell people a story. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Elvira, Cassandra Peterson, has a weird connection to Tina Fey in a way. And I say that because I didn't know this until I was looking at trivia for this movie. But the reason Elvira's dress is kind of is cut the way it is, it's not, I mean, you look at her, you don't look at her. And let's be honest. You look, you look at what the dress accentuates when you look at her. But if you look at how it's cut and how the, the character wears her hair, that's because it, uh, it hides scars that she actually has on her neck and shoulders from burns she received when she was five years old. Hmm. So her costume accentuates her, two of her, some would say her best features. I told her personally she had two really great features, which I've mentioned on episode four. <laughs> Go look it up if you want to hear what I told her. I thought it was quite clever myself. Uh, I don't toot my own horn, but toot toot. I, I don't have many moments, but I have a couple. Uh, anyway, but yeah, she designed the look to kind of accentuate her positives and hide what she considered her negatives being burns. And I say that because Tina Fey, that scar on her face. Right, yeah. That's a very that's, loose connection. Yeah, yes. it's a very, I mean, she doesn't wear a, a face mask like the Phantom. Right. Tina Fey doesn't to hide her scar. Right. But in a similar situation as a young, because like she said, I think Tina Fey's story was some dude just walked in her yard and cut her. Something like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she's like, she revealed the event. reason she had a scar. And I'm, the whole time I'm thinking like, I guess it was just a car wreck or something, you know, something. Yeah. Logical, so to speak. Yeah, some dude just walked my yard as a kid and cut my face. Hey, kid, come here. <laughs> the mad face cut is struck again. It was a villain. <laughs> but uh, anyway. It's like, I'm going to be funny one day. <laughs> the body count for this film is an astonishing one person. The villain. Yeah. William Morgan Shepard, a.k.a. Vincent Talbot, bites the, the dust. The face cutter. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. He's kind of creepy. He could have done it. And you could say one plus a ca- one casserole monster. Because they did shove him down... The garbage disposal. Mm. Very brutally, might I add. Yeah. He just wanted hugs. I mean, he reacted as anybody would if you busted out of a pot and saw a virus sitting there. He went right for the goods. He just wanted a well, hug. There's no body, so no body count. That's, uh, that's, that's true. <laughs> that, that is really, that, that, that's exactly right. Mm. Uh, Score-wise, I give this a solid eight. Uh, as I mentioned before, it this is a movie much like uh, some of the other classics we've done, Princess Bride, Ghostbusters, Goonies. That it was immensely enjoyable as a kid, and even more enjoyable and fun to watch again to revisit as we do every week on this podcast. Because it's not just a clever name. Hmm. Uh, in the real world, again, this released September 30th, 1988. The day before this... I was going to think of some boob reference, but it lost me. Uh, anyway, forget I said <laughs> that. Uh, the day before this hit theaters, uh, STS-26... NASA space mission resumed space shuttle flights, which is the first one since the Challenger disaster, which mm. I think was in 86. So this was two years after Challenger. Discovery took to the skies once again and inspired a nation of young kids, such as myself, to play with space shuttles. <laughs> and imagine how cool that is. And just right. pray for X-Wing fighters eventually. We'll get eventually. there one day. So close. <laughs> well, hoverboards are out now, apparently. apparently. Kickstarter, so our lightsabers and if X-Wings far behind. If you have a house that sits on... Copper (laughs) conductor, giant aluminum surface. (laughs) And as promised a couple weeks ago, uh, in keeping with the theme of our Back to the Future uh, for the whole Halloween horror month, I have the top 10 horror villains based upon number of kills. (gasps) Now, this graphic's been on the web for a couple years. I've seen it before. 
so you might have seen this before, but if you haven't, play along at home. Uh, now, of course, with our previous three episodes, we're talking about Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, the big hitters, uh, right. the trinity of horror villains, in my opinion, modern horror, definitely. Uh, of course, they're on this list. This is top 10. So, and I will post this a uh, couple days on Halloween, I'll post it. You know, closer to the actual holiday, I'll post this actual graphic in case you haven't seen it. But anyway, uh, we kn- it goes without saying those three are on here somewhere. But this is top 10, again, based on kills. Number 10. Go ahead and place your guess at home. I'll give you two seconds. One, two. Okay, you have your guess. Number 10. Jesse, would you care to f- just guess? Top- no. <laughs> Good. That's for our listeners. <laughs> Number 10 is none other than Pennywise the Clown from It. Ah. Which was directed... By the director of Halloween 3, as we mentioned last week. Because, see, the things, these things, you just learn more. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, his body count, kill count, is only nine. And he Weak. was in one movie. So nine per movie. His weapon, of, his favorite weapon is teeth. They have all <laughs> sorts. And you'll see on the infographic, has, it's laid out very well. Uh, he's number 10. Number nine, I'll give you a hint, is from a Clive Barker movie. Oh, I bet you guessed Pinhead. You're wrong. It's actually Candyman, Tony Todd himself. Kill count of 22. Three films in this series. I've only seen two. So, I didn't know there was a third one. But, of course... I came for you. I wouldn't... (laughs) She wasn't that pretty, dude. (laughs) Oh, 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 yeah, yes, he did come for her, trying to find her and make her his bride. That's right. Be my victim. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, I love the first one. I thought it was really cool. The first Candyman, the second one, like, uh, why, did he, why is this a franchise? But anyway, he's number nine. Of course, his favorite weapon is the only one he has, his hook hand. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the, the ghetto Captain Hook. <laughs> I mean that with all respect, by the way, everybody. Sure. Number eight, I'll give you a hint. He has six films, and he's a he since I said he. <laughs> 30 victims. Guessing at home, your time is up. You can always pause it, too, if you really want to think about it to see if yeah. you're right. Just so you know, a little inside joke there, uh, tip there. Uh, his favorite weapon is a kitchen knife. Uh. Oh, after that tip hint, you might be like, oh, what's Michael Myers? Because he uses a butcher knife. Well, you're wrong because it's Chucky. Ah, Chucky. Uh, I will give Chucky this, though, in Bride and uh, Seed. He used a lot of variety in those kills. And actually, some of them were exceptionally enjoyable and funny to watch. Playtime's over. <laughs> in fact, uh, John Ritter had a very unusual and hilarious death scene in Bride of Chucky. I won't spoil it if you haven't seen it, because like me, you might have thought, like, I really don't like the Child's Play movies that much to see those. But again, go check them out. They're very enjoyable. Number seven with 31 kills, seven films. I know you're trying to do the math in your head, like, oh, seven movies, what horror villain had seven movies? Uh, I'll tell you his favorite weapon, and it should give it away. If you don't get it after this, you should not be listening to this podcast, (laughs) or at least the horror movie ones, because you don't know Jack. His favorite weapon is a chainsaw. Duh, what is it, boss? Uh, Of course, the villainous Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise, which originally only had four, or excuse me, three entries in the heyday. And then there was the Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger, who doesn't look like herself anymore based on today's (laughs) internet explosion to date this podcast again. Yeah, Uh, That was the news today on the internet was how Renee Zellweger doesn't look like Renee Zellweger anymore. Uh, Pretty true. If you want to know what day in history that was, for future reference, it's October 21st, 2014. And you're listening to this on October 28th. And then, of course, after the... Let's see. So there was four films, three original, and then they had The Next Generation, which went direct to DVD with McConaughey and uh, Renee Zellweger. So that means they had the reboot as... was technically number four... uh, uh, five, excuse me. So since this series was rebooted, they've already had three. 
since there are seven films. Hmm. Uh, I've only seen the remake. I didn't see any of the other sequels. The remake scared me away from all the other ones. Uh, actually, I, remember the, I didn't see the last one, but it was they cashed in on the 3D craze. It was Texas Chainsaw 3D. So if you've seen them and if they're worth seeing for you know a horror That's... fan like me, AsiaVisit at gmail.com, just let me know. Just let, Be honest with me. Don't try to bullshit me to get me to watch a bad movie. Just you know, let us know. <laughs> if you like the first one, this one's actually, it's worth watching. I will trust you. I'll trust you one time. If you lie to me, I'll never listen to you again. But I hope you still listen to our podcast. because I'll come appreciate for you. <laughs> you will find me in the dark. <laughs> Number six, with a kill count of a measly 35 people, nine films. Oh, that's a, that's a pretty big horror franchise. Could it be one of the heavy hitters? I don't know. His favorite weapon, Hook Chains. It's another Clive Barker creation. Of course, it's Pinhead. Uh, uh, I, I, I was kind of shocked that there are nine. I remember four, five, and six. So that means I'm three out of this series. And I'm sure they're all, I'm, I'm 99.9% sure those other three, much like the two before it, were direct to DVD because the fourth one didn't do so well when they took it to space. Although I thought it was pretty cool and not necessarily a bad horror movie per se. You per se, to quote. South Park. Number five. Sounds like Candyman. <laughs> Guess the horror villain by the sound <laughs> <Yeah>. clip. <laughs> well, both Clyde Barker ones. So. Well, he got the same guy to do the voice. I'm surprised no. he hasn't like, well, I'm not a aficionado of uh, his universes, but I mean, I've seen Lord of Illusions, Candyman, Hellraiser, you know, a lot of the big ones. Haven't seen Midnight Meat Train, but I heard it's good. Hmm. Uh, however, I don't, I wonder, you know, why isn't there a Cenobite with, you know, with a Candyman reference? Bleed over <laughs> Barker's universes. Anyway, number Candy five. Man, my, here's your big hint. Number five. We're halfway through. My least favorite person on the countdown. Who could, what horror villain could it be? He Was said, it one you mentioned earlier? Not to, on this episode, but oh. talked about it last episode oh, for those faithful listeners. Uh, kill count of 40. Seven films. I don't think I have a sound. His up. favorite weapon is traps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the ultimate mice catcher himself. What a puzzle this is. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get something to go up to, you know, right. try to keep it going. I can't. It's Jigsaw. Yeah. Uh, the villain of the Saw franchise. Enough said. Moving on to number four. Okay. I told we all know that the the big three are in this countdown. Of course. There's four left. Here's where it's you gotta really start placing your bets kind of strategically and and really think about the kill count and the number of films. Uh, number four, 42 kills, mm. nine films. Oh, do the math quick. Who is it? Oh, it's in the suspense. It's my personal favorite, Freddy Krueger himself. Oh, really? Favorite, favorite weapon is claw gloves. He's number four. Okay, that means, you know, there's, there's a Voorhees somewhere, there's a Meyer somewhere, but who is the mystery third combatant that's in the top three kills of all time? Number three... 45 kills, seven films, favorite weapon, anything. Oh, <sighs> I know you're, you're shouting your answer. You're thinking, you're still processing. Who could it be? Well, this blew me away because it is none other than Lubin. Who the fuck is Lubin? That is the name of the Leprechaun. Oh, wow. The Leprechaun is number three. Now, I will note this. We'll I'm not sure when this that. list was made. I know that a, a, a Leprechaun movie recently came out. And I also don't know if these film, this uh, includes... Rem- Actually, with Nightmare, to say Freddy Krueger had nine films, that must include the remake and Freddy vs. Jason. 
Origins 3.3. <laughs> wow. I think that stars uh, WWE's Hornswoggle yes. as the Leprechaun. <laughs> so pretty shocking. Number three is the Leprechaun. Yep. All right, two left. Hornswoggle. Who's it going to be? It's pretty safe to say there's only two people it could be, but which order? Number two. Number two horror killer of all time. 111 kills. Let's see. I can't, I'm not going to say the number of films. I'm going to let you place your bets. Lock in your, <laughs> lock, let's, everybody lock in your answers. All right. Here's the telltale sign. Ten films. Favorite weapon? A butcher knife. It's the William Shatner man with the plan himself, Michael Myers, number two, which means the number one horror movie killer of all time, as of this list, which is not dated, is none other than the hockey mask killer, Jason Voorhees himself. 300 plus kills, 13 films, favorite weapon, the machete. No, not Danny Trejo on a stick. The physical machete gives Jason Voorhees that killing edge to have uh, nearly it says 300 plus so I don't know I'm not again there's a this is a very nice infographic which you'll see when I post it so I'm, <laughs> I'm putting a lot of faith in these numbers it right. doesn't seem unreasonable to me but I'm not sure 300 plus without saying an there's an accurate number for every killer but him so I'm not sure if they're estimating something that's mentioned in the movie perhaps or whatnot. and I, I could have swore that Jason had 12 films and they say 13 because you had Jason X, then you had Freddy versus Jason, which would be 11, and then the remake, which would be 12. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Yeah. So it says 13 for some reason, but I don't hmm. think there's one in production right now. So there's only Maybe 12. Counting Friday season 13. of the witch <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> it's probably the 13th <laughs> of the witch. Of the witch. Yeah, but uh, yeah, 12. There, there's 12. So. We've just found an era, but I'm pretty. I think it's pretty safe to say that this is close to accurate, uh, based on the quality of this graphic and the work that somebody put into it. I would assume they did their homework somewhat. Mm. But which bringing that up that there's only twelve Friday the Thirteenth. Why haven't they made? <laughs> the big they're number. on. They're on the number to do it now. Granted, right. I don't want a sequel to the remake. Yeah, you know, it, they they need. This is thirteen of Friday the Thirteenth, which. Ever since I was a kid on the schoolyard, there were two consistents when we talk about horror movies. There's always going to be 13 Friday the 13th and who would win versus Fred, Freddy versus Jason. We know the answer to one of those, supposedly, since sure. Freddy winks. But if you have the rights to this franchise, you're, you're, at, you're at the point where you can make or break it. You can make one that revitalizes it or you can hmm. do a shitty-ass remake like you did on February 13th of 2009. <laughs> So I'm not sure if Michael Bay still has the rights or what, but they're at the number to where I think Time. in the right hands, they could reinvent the series and re give a rebirth to the slasher genre, so to speak, perhaps, with the right with the right creative force behind it. Not Seth Rogen and James Franco. Although <laughs> I would want to see that one. But this is thirteen. We need, you know, we need they can make a horror movie. We need a Christopher Nolan one or oh, something. Man. But yeah, Jason Voorhees is the number one movie slasher of all time, according to this list, and in a lot of our Maybe hearts. Are counting the TV series? Maybe, but Jason wasn't in the television series of Friday the 13th. That's a good point. It really had nothing to do with him. It was in name only. Although, in the television series of Freddy's Nightmares, the very first episode was the origin of Freddy. Hmm. 
So it actually, and of course, the the hook of Freddy's Nightmares was it was Crypt Keeper, uh, Tales from the Crypt esque, as he would introduce each episode. And again, the first one was actually about him. Weird. Uh, so, pretty cool. And I'm sorry to say that does it for this year's Halloween horror. I know it's you're going through withdrawals. Well, guess what? For all the series that we talked about, there's at least one sequel since Avira only has one. Uh, well, she has two movies total. You know, good things come in twos with her. But she has two movies, so you have one more to watch with her. But you have a plethora of Friday the 13th. A smaller plethora of Nightmare on Elm Streets and Halloween. So you still have time to get your fix of horror movies. And we'll be back next year, guys, in October with at least four the new horror movies. <laughs> which actually every one of the fours would be in the 80s. Yeah. So I have to find another four to tie it in. Or another Stand alone like a virus. Yeah. I mean, of course, I had to end it with, you know, the double feature. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but anyway, let us know your thoughts on, you know, all these horror movies. If there's one thing I love to discuss, it's movies. So, agevisit at gmail.com, Facebook at Awesome Pods, Twitter at Awesome Pods, at AwesomePods.com. If you need to get some of the extravagantly nice box sets they have of all these series, except the virus, unfortunately, go to AwesomePods.com, click the Amazon link, and do your shopping via that way cost you nothing more just gives us a very small percentage to help keep our studio jesse's studio should say upgraded <laughs> and all that stuff and provide such refreshments as cherry coke zero or a few weeks ago the abysmal delaware punch ah uh, yes so with that said everybody have a safe and happy halloween watch some horror movies although if you own on dvd don't watch them on amc and check out the other podcasts on the Awesome Podcast Network before I say goodbye. Duo Attack, the Jesse Sedgley Podcast, Geekly Dose, Why Don't You Know This, Repulsive Report, and our friends over at Now vs. Nostalgia. And next week, we'll be back with the 100th episode, although the mm. 99th live episode, so to speak. <laughs> and that will, and for the actual 100th, the technically the 101 one first episode, if I could talk, uh, is going to be something special, which we'll talk about next week, because you got to come back. We have to have a hook. you got to right. come back next week as we discuss the never-ending story. And the, the big reveal of what the hundred and one hundred and first episode is going to be. I don't know why I can't talk and say that number. But anyway, we'll see you next week, everybody. Have a safe Halloween. And, you know, don't any apples with razor blades in them because that was a big urban legend yeah. in the 80s. And what they showed it in Halloween. Do, don't fall asleep. <laughs> Cowabunga. But what's your name? That was Jason Voorhees responding. Oh, okay. No, that doesn't work on podcasts. I'm Trey Harris. Yes, he's Italy. Go among them. <laughs> <laughs>